Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, where cancer survivors, caregivers, and others touched by cancer share their stories. The Max Mallory Foundation presents this podcast in honor and memory of Max Mallory, who died at age 22 from testicular cancer. I'm your host, Joyce Lofstrom, a young adult and adult cancer survivor, and Max's mom. Hi, this is Joyce, and I have two guests with me today, and they were very good friends of my son, Max, and we want to talk about today what it's like as a young adult um, to lose a good friend to cancer, and the two people with me today are Freya Hageman and Eric Brendage. They uh, knew Max through college, and so I just want to say welcome. Glad you could both join me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So as we go through this conversation, we want to talk just different things about both of you and Max. Um, So Eric, I want to start with you. And I know you met Max during college at the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater. Just tell me a little bit how you met and some of the things that you remember about your time at Whitewater. Yeah. um, So I met Max sophomore year of uh, school in college at Whitewater in the MEG-D program. I remember it quite well. Um, we were in the Game Zombie uh, TV production class, so that was like a um, kind of like a news broadcast course that the school was pro- having our our department produce for them. And I was working specifically in the motion graphics team, and Max was a uh, student producer on the program. So he oversaw all the work that we did, and one day he just asked me out of the blue if I would like to work on a podcast with him. And so we kind of just hit it off there, uh, and yeah, after that, uh, we just became roommates. Wow, I didn't know that you did that podcast. That's cool. I like yeah. knowing that. So, and then Freya, I know you were back here in Chicago doing your, your work at culinary school, and uh, I know you and Eric have been together for a long time too. So tell me about how you got to know Max. So I was down here going to school and, but I would go up, you know, on not every weekend, but you know, some weekends, breaks, things like that uh, to go visit Eric. So it was, I think it was, I met Max before they were roommates because they were roommates. Was it just senior year, Eric, or was it? A junior and senior. Junior and senior. Okay. Yeah, so I, I met him, I think you guys had been friends for a bit. I remember, I think at one point I, I visited, you were actually doing the podcast. So I was just kind of hanging out outside while you guys were doing that. And we, you know, we get dinner, those late night snack runs uh, across campus. <laughs> you know, watching movies, games, things, especially uh, once you guys became roommates. I mean, just really, just, it, it was nice too, because, you know, some some of your not, not like friends, but like people you knew in college, like I would meet them and it would be like, oh yeah, hi, you know, whatever. But, you know, Max was just very genuinely like, hey, you know, nice to meet you. You know, what what do you like to do? Like very personable and just really uh, hit it off uh, pretty quickly, I think, too. I think it's nice, too, when there's a couple like you and Eric and uh, Max, who, uh, you know, I don't know all of his... Um, girlfriend situations in college. I don't need to know, but I'm saying, you know, the three of you could hang out. Not all couples would welcome uh, another person hanging around with them. And so I think that that's a nice thing to have, a nice memory. Uh, So 
what about now you know each other and then Max, we're out of school and you're out of school and you find out he has cancer. And I'm interested in what you both think about this only because you were, everybody was so young, you know, you were 22. Uh, Max had started his first job and then he's diagnosed with this um, testicular cancer. And just, I'm interested in, I don't know what you thought, but maybe how it, affected or did it affect any of your friendship? Eric, why don't you start? Yeah. Well, it, Max's diagnosis really didn't affect our friendship. Just because my friend had cancer doesn't mean that it changes him in any way. And it really doesn't shouldn't impact someone's friendship. Obviously, I wanted to be there for him and support him throughout his, his treatment and do anything I could because that's just who I am as a friend. But yeah. How about you? Yeah, Fry. Any you know, anything you, you remember about that time? Just again, you know, like what you said, Eric. How it, it shouldn't and didn't affect your friendship just because he was sick. But any thoughts on this, Freya? Um. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely kind of a punch in the gut. You know, I remember. I'm sure Eric probably heard about it differently, but I I had just kind of I think he had made a post about it on Facebook, and I was just like, oh my god. So just, you know, some shock there, especially because I think, uh, and Max always talked about this too, like, you don't hear as much about young adults with cancer. You hear about, you know, all the time kids with cancer, which I'm, you know, I'm not discounting that at all, but you know, there's a lot more talk about that or maybe like, oh, my, you know, my grandma has cancer or something, but it's not really something that you think about happening as much, I think, to people in their twenties. I agree. I think that's very true. And I can't remember this actual number in terms of how many young adults in the U.S. actually have cancer, but um, it's more than you would think. I think it's close to 100,000, but uh, that would be something I need to just confirm. But I, you're right. People don't talk about it or you just don't hear about it as much uh, when you're in your 20s. And there are people I know who have some pretty tough battles uh, going with cancer. Uh, I was also impressed with uh, both of you when Max was going through chemo. And uh, I remember you stayed with him one weekend in the hospital. You brought him dinner, I think, during rehab. And I think I can you just maybe um, talk about, I guess, just that experience. And uh, you both have different skills and uh, gifts that you gave him. I know Freya, as a chef and a culinary person, you, many of your, I, I know Max enjoyed a lot of your cooking, but just tell us more about that. Just what you brought and staying with him and all those different things. Yeah. So uh, I, I was, I was trying to think about this cause I, you know, you kind of sent us the questions and I was like, Oh yeah, I some of that stuff I, I hadn't really thought about in a while, but um, I remember in particular, I think we bought, brought brownies were a big hit. Uh, it kind of seemed like, you know, uh, th there was like the never ending train of things kind of being delivered though. I'm, I know when I brought those, someone else had brought like lemon bars. So it was just really nice to see, you know, the, the outpouring of, of support. Um, cause I, you know, at least in my family, uh, food is a, a way that people show love. Definitely. You know, my mom's always, the first thing she'll ask me to walk through the door is like, you know, you know, I'm hungry. Like, do you need anything like type thing? So I think that is kind of, um, translated to me as well but I remember yeah we stayed with him and one weekend I think we got like Mediterranean food or something 
from someplace in Evanston. I don't remember what it was called, but it was really good. But also I was going to talk about, I remember, um, obviously we kind of thought things were, you know, a little bit more on the upswing after he had been uh, recovering, I think after his brain surgery, it was about a month before he passed and uh, we had him over and I remember we made fajitas and I baked a cake that said uh, Max Mallory Dragon Slayer on it, uh, which was a reference to uh, a game called That has it, That Dragon Cancer. Or that, what is it? Yeah, That Dragon Cancer. Which uh, Eric can probably go into a little bit more. It's um, it's a it's, it, I don't know if game is the right word for it, <laughs> really, because it's it's kind of more of a an experience. But it but you know uh, it was kind of saying that you know cancer was the dragon, and we you know at that point we had thought that things were you know, going a bit better, but it was just, I mean, it's a really nice memory to have, even if things didn't go the way we were expecting them to and hoping them to. I know that was a really good day for all of us. So Eric, why don't you tell us about the Dragon Slayer experience? Yeah. So that Dragon Cancer was a game that came out a little bit around that time uh, that Max was going through his, his, uh, his treatment and it's an indie develop. It's an independent developer. Uh, so basically, a handful of people developed a game about their experience with childhood cancer with their son, who is about four at the uh, when he passed. the The game is a fairly low poly game, so it's a it's a very art. Um, it's a very stylized art style, um, and it follows this family's journey through their their son's cancer treatment. And playing that game while Max is going through his treatment and Max telling me to play that game specifically was pretty hard. (laughs) Because you know how the game ends, but every single new level, new challenge, or every scene in the game just adds to the emotions and really puts you into that perspective of being a parent and being so helpless. Um, with a child that young with cancer. Well, I know one of the things that Max had talked about, and I think he talked about it with you, Eric, but he had some ideas for creating his own game around cancer. Do you remember that? Or is there, it never happened as I remember, but anything you could share about that or just. Yeah. So the game that Max was, Max was working on uh, before he passed it was a twine game. So that was just like a text adventure type game about his experience with cancer. And it was just his experiences cataloged in a text adventure game in this engine called Twine. It was one of the first engines that we learned how to use at in MegD, as it's such a simple program to get a handle on. And you don't need to be an artist. You don't need to be a programmer. You just need to have the idea for a story. And that's where Max really excelled. So text adventure means that if I wanted to call that up, if it was still around, it's all words. It's Correct. just, yeah. you, you go through the the game or the experience. Okay. All right. I'm not familiar with that. So in, in terms of a text adventure game. So that's interesting to know that that kind of gaming exists, I'll call it. So, mm-hmm. well, now a similar question, but the whole question again around friendship and what you both did in support of Max, but I'll just step back a few decades for my own cancer. I was 25 when I had cancer the first time I had thyroid cancer. And 
you know, my friends, I was in Chicago by myself. I'd moved here for a job, um, a newspaper job. And so I had no family here. And my girlfriends got me through it. I mean, they were with me. They, you know, went to the hospital with me, took care of me afterwards um, and so forth. And so I think for me, my friends have always been uh, like my family. And I think that's how you both were with Max. And so uh, I just want you to talk some more about that kind of friendship and the closeness. But also, I think the role that close friends can play in helping someone navigate any kind of cancer. But, you know, Max's journey was seven months, so which we didn't know at the time. We who knows, you know, how long it was going to be, but any thoughts either of you can share on that, just that, that close friendship and, and, you know, maybe what you learned from it. So being one of Max's closest friends in the, just geographically, since we were just down in Rogers park and he was up in Evanston it meant, and we weren't doing a whole lot, so we could easily go up and visit him or to uh, drive him around since he Near the end, he wasn't really comfortable driving himself, um, or I think some of the other medications that he were he was on restricted his driving access. So we would just take him places, get him out of the house, and just treat him like a normal person. I remember taking him to see the uh, premiere roadshow for Hateful Eight, the Quentin Tarantino film. So that was a special um, showing. I remember taking him to the theater, paying for everything, obviously, uh, since it was kind of a surprise. And halfway through the film, I think that there's someone with their just reading their phone, and it's really just Max's bald head, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, oh. just reflecting the light into my eyes. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay. Uh, this is during the half hour intermission that was a part of that that premiere showing. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, can you come with me in case I have a seizure? And I'm like, sure, like whatever you want. So I just remember standing in the bathroom corner awkwardly, just kind of like chilling there, waiting for him to be done. And then we went back to the uh, see the rest of the film. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I really think that just treating Max with you know, respect, giving him the privacy that he wanted or letting him tell you what help he needed and not just trying to do everything for him as if he's a broken toy or something like that really, really made him feel better about his whole situation. I think those are very good points. And I think the, the two things that I really keyed in on what you just said, Eric, was that he asked for help, like, you know, go to the bathroom with me and you were willing to go with him. And maybe that's a, a strong way to say it because a good friend, it's just, yeah, you want to go with him, but I'm not sure all anybody who's very sick is comfortable asking for help. And I think that's one thing that uh, is important for patients to know, but also for friends to know too, because I think sometimes you don't know what to do. You know, how could I help him? And it sounds like you had uh, a good perspective on that and just you know, got him out and did things that you would normally do, you know, movies and so forth. So, um, Freya, you probably were busy with your school, but do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah. So he actually, when he got diagnosed, I think. Or no, I was still in school. I was, 
I still, because I finished in the fall. Sorry, I was trying to remember the exact timeline. But yeah, I was I was still, you know, going to classes, but, you know, I would still, you know, hop on the train, like, you know, we go up and see him, like, if he was at the hospital. But I remember one in, in particular, I think it was after he had the, um, the, the uh, abdominal surgery to get the, the main tumor out. I remember he had told us that uh, he went to go vote. And he's like, if I can go vote, you know, after all this, like everybody, anybody can get out and vote, no excuses. And I think we ended up going to Culver's or something after that. And, you know, you know, it's just kind of like a normal thing, but it's kind of like every bump in the road. I know he could definitely feel it because he's, you know, still kind of healing. He's still the stitches and everything. But do you remember that, Eric? The, was it Culver's run? Yeah, it was definitely Culver's run because I remember that we did that all, quite a bit since <laughs> we had gotten used to doing that when we were up in Whitewater. Oh, true. Yeah, it's a yeah. Wisconsin company up there. So, yeah. 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 That was the RPL&D surgery that he had in March. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it, that's a pretty serious surgery. So that's that's a nice uh, uh, escape, I guess, for him to, to be able to go out and do that. So I wanted to ask you next about what you're both doing, but I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the friendship topic because I know that Max had other friends too from, you know, middle school and college too. But I, I just, I remember you both the most. And so it's um, just, I think, important. And we were able, even after that, you were there for all of us when we had uh, the 30th birthday party for my other son, John Mark or John. So uh, I think that's, I think that's special to maintain friendships, you know, with, even after all of this happened with Max. So I'm just complimenting you because I really appreciate that we've been able to do that. So tell me now about what you're both doing. Uh, I know you're newlyweds, so that's wonderful news. Uh, Fry, how about you? What What's going on with your career? Well, I, I've been about, about a year and a half now. I took a job working for European Imports. Uh, they're owned by, the, by Cisco, the food distributor. Okay, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I work in inside sales, which is kind of, it's not so much like, you know, sometimes you have like inside sales positions and it's like, oh, you're going to be cold calling all day. It's not that sort of thing. It's much more like a kind of a customer service type role, but, you know, all kinds of stuff, everything from, you know, uh, making sure that our customers get their orders in on time and, you know, everything uh, runs smoothly, you know, the trucks are running and, um, you know, even to things like maybe they get the wrong item or something, then, you know, we we work on, uh, you know, crediting them for that. So it's, it's really just the whole process of like, you know, making sure that, uh, the customers are happy and, uh, they get quality products. But yeah, so I, we've been working from home pretty much through the entire pandemic. I think it was like maybe the third or fourth week in March, but yeah, so, so still, you know, not so much practical in the kitchen as I used to do, but I, I really enjoy, you know, the stability and the ability to, to kind of learn, you know, new aspects of uh, the food industry as well. I was going to say you're using your culinary skills as well as business. So yeah, yeah. Eric, how about you? Yeah. So I'm working at a 3D printing reseller called Dynamism, which is in downtown Chicago as the head of the customer support and applications team. So I help people uh, with their 3D printers either if it's not working or if they're trying to push the limits of what they can do with that technology. It's definitely not what I, I saw myself doing in, you know, five years after college, but it's, it's 
definitely something that I've enjoyed doing, especially with how the pandemics kind of played out. I was helping frontline or people uh, trying to help frontline workers get PPE during the shortages that were uh, happening at at the very beginning, uh, where 3D printing really stepped up and became an alternative manufacturing method for a lot of people. I think you're in a, an industry that's, uh, as we all know, it's a cliche to even say it, but it's what's going to uh, inform the future in so many things. So uh, I think that's wonderful. And your technology skills, I'm sure, add to that uh, that job and what you can do with it. Are you still doing any game development or any of that on the side? or? Um, I've kind of stepped away from game development. Uh, I just haven't had time to really put down that kind of focus and... I, I just haven't really thought about making games um, very recently. No, that makes sense. You're kind of off into a new industry, so uh, that's good. And my last question is about, again, what advice both of you would have for any uh, young adult who might encounter a friend uh, with cancer that uh, needs help or wants support what advice would you give to them uh, to support that friend? Freya, do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing too, uh, and you know, you're talking about, you know, Max asking for help, I think is important to uh, listen to them and, you know, maybe ask them what they need versus just assuming, you know, or, you know, maybe not knowing and then, you know, being afraid to ask type, you know, I, I think, yeah, just, just really, you know, be the, really listen and, find out exactly the best way that you can help them. And, you know, if, especially something um, like Eric was talking about, you know, treating them like a normal person. I know a lot of people have said, you know, people might have, um, maybe they're sick or they have some sort of, you know, disability or something. I think a lot of people want to be treated, you know, just normally. They don't want to, you know, have, for example, the cancer be, you know, the first thing that people always think about. I, I think you should, you know, remember that, you know, they're your friend and, a, and, you know, a person first and they, you know, they have cancer, but they, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, all that they are. That's good advice. I know. Eric, how about you? Uh, I have to echo that. Really just being a friend to someone with cancer is just being there and understanding that they may need help, but don't try to like wedge yourself into, in there to kind of provide help when they're not asking for it. Otherwise, they might just get upset with you or just get frustrated with you just treating them differently. Treat them like you did before their diagnosis. It's not difficult to support someone with cancer as long as you're there listening to them and just offering yourself as someone to help them. I like that from both of you. It's a good way to end our conversation. Uh, I appreciate that you could join me to talk about just your experience supporting Max with cancer and, and advice for other young adults who might be listening too. So uh, maybe we can do another program down the road and um, I just wish you both the best. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today on Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer from the Max Mallory Foundation. We have a website, and it's at maxmalloryfoundation.com, where you can learn more about testicular cancer, donate, and also send your ideas for guests on the podcast. 
And for spelling, Mallory is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Please join me next time for Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer.